Welcome to the show. I'm your coach, Elizabeth Pearson, and today's guest is Caroline Stanberry. You may know her from the hit shows, The Ladies of London and The Real Housewives of Dubai, both huge Bravo hits. She's all over Instagram, really showing off her wonderful fabulousness and her luxury lifestyle. But the Caroline I know is somebody who has a really deep spiritual depth and practice and actually kind of is above most of that stuff. So I was really eager to have her on the show and talk about this piece of her that I don't feel like gets enough airtime, which is the businesswoman. And Caroline is somebody who has had her back up against the wall many times and has fought back and reinvented herself. I say she's a cat with 12 lives. I feel like she just comes back stronger each time um, she has a perceived setback. So we talked about the day, that today. We talked about you know what role it played um, in her success, this spiritual practice and visualization and manifestation and all of this great stuff. So tune in and get comfy and explore a whole nother side of the Caroline Stanberry that you see on TV. Caroline Stanberry, it's been long overdue having you on the show. Frankly, I was always kind of a little nervous to ask you because I felt like even though we're buddies and it goes back to like even before pre-pandemic, this is like 2019, I think was when we first met. I always just felt like, oh, I don't want to bother her. She's too busy and all of these things because you're just like at, you know, fabulous like galas every other night. But you've always been so sweet. And you're like, yes, of course, like uh, I want to come on. So I thought today we could talk about things that maybe you don't get asked as frequently as I wish you were asked. So I want to talk about this like entrepreneurial business, Caroline. And I'm so glad that you sat down to answer some of those questions for the listeners. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited. I just, you know, I never get asked this. I think it's because I'm sort of pigeonholed in a relationship podcast. It was not dead. But I think, you know, I'm excited because, I mean, before everything else, I was a businesswoman. I mean, you know, and I think when people see me do housewives and things like that, obviously they don't, you know, the, the housewives aren't there to sort of plug our businesses so much. So, yeah. I mean, we use it for that, but I always think it's a bit tacky. So I think um, you don't get to see that side of me. And I don't yeah. just sit around fighting about party dresses with other women. No, I mean, this is the thing. And like, I don't really love the term hustler, but I think you've got a really rock solid work ethic is what I would rather kind of call it. You're constantly doing things and it's work. And so I think for people that say like, oh, it's going to like a fabulous party, like that might be part of it, but there's this whole other piece too, as far as like, your luxury brands that you represent. And not only that, but like, frankly, Ladies of London and Housewives were all built around you. I mean, the reason that those shows happened was because you really went in and I don't want to say sold yourself. I think people can just see talent from a mile away. But I do want to ask you, have you ever had to pitch yourself? Like, have you ever had to go in and just cold pitch yourself for a business idea or a show idea? And if so, how did you prepare and how did it go? I think I'm forever pitching myself. I like to think, you know, I begin, first of all, I, I think that well, I've got to a stage where I can cut out the parties and the things that I don't want to go to anymore because I hate small talk. And that's a, a real luxury yeah. because I think at the beginning, a lot of people have to network. You have to learn to get to know people. They have to know you're there. So you have to be, be seen and be seen. And I, I don't feel the need for that anymore. And that, that's been all through my life when I was younger as well, doing Ladies of London the press tours and things like this that you had to do. Pitching myself, of course, you know, I raised my first million, I suppose, when I was 23. Then I, I went into a, a fund, you know, a public fund. So it, it was worth about $22 billion they had under management. 
So, I, you know, you have to pitch and people, you don't walk up to people and say, I need money. You know, I, that's how you, everybody has to pitch themselves. I, they don't care whether I was on Ladies of London. In fact, that was more of a hindrance than a help because... I was going to say, I bet that was a drawback. It is a drawback because then they think that you're distracted. They think that you're an idiot. And, you know, not many people can hold down a proper job and do housewives, right? Because it, it, it is all encompassing. It, it takes over your life. And I think, you know, we make it look easy because you're seeing the edited version, but you're seeing something that we eat, breathe and sleep for months and months and months. It is a proper job. It is a full-time job on top of what I was doing, which was another full-time job. So... Yeah, the hustle is real, but I also believe, and I've learned over time, that to really be comfortable in life, and you know, I'm not that money orientated. I like a nice life, and I have a nice life, and that nice life provides me choices and choices of where I want to be and who I want to be with and who I want to sit with and all of these things. So to have that, you have to have multiple incomes, multiple income streams. I can't say it enough. You need to be able to wake up and have made money. You need to have been able to, you know, look and go, I forgot about this, or I've done that, or, you know, invested in this. So like I do lots of different things. I have my podcast. I have my ambassadorships. I have real estate. We just actually, Sergio and I are just buying land in Bali right now. Congrats. Yeah. Really exciting. We've just bought this house. You know, I've got one in the country. You know, I'm slowly, slowly building everything from my old age, which I probably haven't done or didn't do back in the day. And I think I relied on my husband a lot more, my ex-husband. And I think the one thing Sergio's done for me is kicked me back up the ass again because I'm like, oh, you know, I, I'm 20. He was 24 when I met him. So I'm like, well, I've got a, wit- a bit of a way to go before he's going to be, you know, looking after me in my old age. So it made me... Yeah. Think more about what will happen to me, I suppose. And I think, too, you've had your back up against a wall a couple of times. And I think there are women who are listening to this and maybe they are like in like a pre-Dubai kind of phase of like your life where they're sitting here wondering, is this all there is? And am I just going to work for this company forever? And I think there are dreams inside every woman. I think every woman should write a book. I feel like there's stuff boiling in there that's trying to surface. But I feel like for you, you've been one who's been able to acknowledge what your spirit is calling you to do. And it takes it seems, at least from the outside, like you take fearless action towards that. Is that true? Or do you feel like there have been some major insecurities along the way in this journey? hundred percent. Like I literally, I don't know about language if I could use it, but shit. Of course, please. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. So, you know, like I've been, well, as you know, Elizabeth, sued for eight years. So I won that now and that's behind me. But like eight years of a law case is no bloody joke, I can assure you. And lawyers love to send you a letter to scare you on a Friday so you can't answer till a Monday and ruin your weekend. So I learned how to cope with that because obviously that wasn't going away as much as I willed it away. I've been up, you know, I, I, I wasn't, I still had my country house. So I was asset rich, cash poor, paid everything to lawyers before, sold my art, sold jewelry, sold anything I could get my hand. I've been up and down, but at the same time, I think what it's taught me is nothing is forever, you know, and look at me now in less than a year of getting past that and all of these things, I'm in my new beautiful house. Yeah. That is paid for and gorgeous and 
mine and you know my husband we love it and the beautiful furniture and just everything I appreciate it so much I don't want to like you know go on and on about my new beautiful home but you know what I mean yeah um, right but it's an accomplishment it's not about the things and that's one thing that I feel like maybe it's just another side of you that I've seen and I've been privy to you know over the years and we've actually never met in person but we've had calls and things like that and I feel like there is this image of Caroline Stanberry and then there's this personal Caroline. And I feel like you're so spiritually deep. There's a huge depth there. And I don't think you actually give a fuck about labels. I know you don't actually give a shit about things and money. And I don't know that that's a side of you that people readily see. Well, I think that that's interesting because obviously I do housewives. We were talking about this last night. I just did a podcast last night with Rachel Zoe. And I was saying, you know, in housewives, you're kind of forced to be a fashion victim. It's like really part of it. You can't just go on and not give a shit about a label just because it is, it's kind of like theater, right? right? I definitely changed. Like I love a nice handbag and I'm just, I'm here every day like this. And I live in a hot country and I don't care as much. But I think what that court case did for me, you know, the panic of of that and sort of, you know, paying, I think it was like over a million pounds in legal fees. You, you, you literally don't, you, you would rip the, the arms off your wall and go mm-hmm. into your, and go, okay, I, you know, I don't care about diamonds and jewelry. I just want to pay the bloody bill and, right. and get this cool with. So it teaches you these things mean nothing to you. The good thing is I like them. I'm not going to say that, you know, I'm never going to have a nice handbag and things like this because that would be a lie. But my yeah. point is I can live with it and without it. I've had both. If I can't have it, I'm okay with that too. And I like the fact that I know what it is to have it and what it is not to have it. And I appreciate it in others. Like I don't, I just because if I can't have something, I don't get jealous of other women that can. In fact, it makes me happy that they can. I love people to win. And I yeah. think that you know, me winning at an older age, you know, I'm 47 now, and I really feel like I'm getting on track to exactly where I want to be. Now, why? And I wonder whether it was taking yeah. the, the chances that I did, you know, like, I think about it sometimes is, you know, I could still be married and still exactly where I was and just, you know, plain sailing, easy right. life, whatever. But I love kamikaze. I love this. And I think, you know, I'm more successful because, as you said, my back has been up against a wall a few times, you know, and just as I get comfortable, something always goes haywire. Nothing goes right. to plan. And I'm good at pivoting. And a lot of people can't pivot. Yes, you are. You are. I feel like you really do embrace this like transient nothing is forever. And that's a huge like that's just a big piece of life. Like if people can get that. But I feel like you get that. And then you also understand that whatever is meant to be will be. So even what if, you know, if something happened to the podcast or something happened to the show or the beautiful home that you're in somehow wasn't working or Sergio wanted to live somewhere else, like you would just you would be okay with that because you would be in the flow of life. That, I think, is the biggest lesson you can give anyone. When you give in to life and that nothing is forever, then nothing scares you. And that, you know, I can live anywhere. I genuinely can. As long as I'm with Sergio, we can go and live on a deserted island. So if, if everything disappeared tomorrow, the show went, and I have an asset. I can sell the house. Then we move to another place. And we have a different, life looks different, but I'll always have a fabulous life because I'm fucking fabulous. And I know that. I know. 
You are. And that's what I wish people could see their own fabulousness. Like even if you're a mom in Iowa and you've got two kids that are off at summer camp and you're going to maybe your big outing today is going to be getting a Starbucks going to Target. I I start at the same place. I grew up in Dorset. With in the okay, I mean, in the middle of nowhere. Okay, it may have been a giant, like a big house. There's some people are scoffing out there, but that doesn't mean it was in the middle of nowhere. I mean, right. you know, it made me like shine. I literally, how the fuck do you find your? Well, I could have been anyone, anywhere. I wasn't the prettiest girl, had braces, dark brown hair. I made the best of my life and the best of me. I was not pretty before. Now everything's out there to do things to yourself. I didn't feel fabulous. I went to boarding school, sat in my room most of it. Those of you that follow me know that, you know, my boarding school journey is quite a tough one. And I think that, um, you know, I have learned to love myself in that way. So when I say I'm fucking fabulous, I don't mean it literally. I mean, I feel like I'm fabulous. Why the fuck wouldn't I have friends wherever I went? Right. Because I'm a good friend, just as you were a good friend. You're just as fabulous as me. You know, it's not about the things we have. It's about who we are. I could be in a one bedroom with a flip down bed. I'd be this fucking fabulous. I know you would. And that's what's so amazing. And that's what like, see, this is this side too. And like, I feel like, you know, I'll watch Dubai, of course, right, for you. And it's such a great show. But like, there's this piece, like, even when you're interacting with some of the other ladies, I'm like, that's the character, like, the the genuine. Great. Yeah, we're we're getting there. I don't think think it's great. But I love watching you. So everybody else is just like sprinkles. Um, You're the cupcake. But I totally agree with you. The fabulousness will emanate. But I also know that you are a believer of the law of attraction and how to manifest and how to draw things in. It's like, you have to take the action. You actually have to work hard. But like, tell us a little bit about that, because I feel like that's a big piece, too, of this is being in spiritual alignment with what it is you're trying to draw into your life. So have you ever been trying to manifest something that didn't come to pass? And in hindsight, you can look back and say, you know what, that actually was protection because it wasn't yeah. going to be something that would yeah. have been best for me. Two things last year, actually. So what we do is we put down all our hopes and dreams. And Sergio and I, funnily enough, we both have one at the end of the bed now. Everybody always Love asks it. me catch it in my morning stories what's on it how do you do it and we take great pride in just taking we've just made new ones so there's no ticks yet but you know we we take lots of things and then at the end of the year something may have not have come but uh, most of it does really does and super quickly once we've written it there and put it in front of us and so we do the picture and we actually write it underneath in the present uh in the past tense like it's already been and we, we do our own and then we do stuff together, but we keep them together and we read them before we go to bed and when we wake up in the morning. But they're, but they're right in front of your face. So even if we don't, if we're lazy and we can't be fucked, right, you're still seeing you can't it. walk past it, you see it. That's all you need to do. And we used to put them on our bedroom windows, but now they're at, literally at the foot of our bed. But yes, there were two businesses that we were going into last year that we've been absolutely hell-bent on doing. And I, you know, I knew that probably wasn't the right people or the right partners, but I invested myself so much into it and gave so much time. I was determined and it just didn't work. And, and I, let me tell you, we achieved everything that should have made it really work. Found the money, got the thing. I mean, in yeah. crazy stuff. And it just didn't, every turning, it was blocked. And I was like, you know what? I woke up one day and, and I was meant to make a fortune for it, by the way. I woke up one day and I went, this isn't meant for me. It's absolutely not meant for me. It's it, because everything, all the ducks were in a row. I perfectly lined it up to get there. And at the very last hurdle, it kept failing. I was like, 
someone is trying to tell me this is the, if, if I'm not, you know, I'm either going to get screwed later yeah, or I'm not ready to receive the kind of money that this is going to bring, or it's just the wrong business for me. And then I just crossed it off and I was like, I didn't put it on the next one. And I just realized, let it go. And I think, you yeah. know, whether it's a vision or a lesson, at the end of the year, you'll know. It's really, really, it's, it's like gives you clarity. It really does. And I think it's just a peaceful way to go through life. When you feel like nothing that's meant for you can pass you by, there are no mistakes, then you can live in this fearless mindset of I can go do anything and I'll be protected at every turn. Because to your point, Caroline, like I say, sometimes God or the universe will hide your talent to protect you. So maybe it was like, you know, being on a show or something or whatever. Maybe it's a job people want and they don't get it. And they're like, I didn't even get to a second interview. And I go, that's protection. They're, God is hiding your talent from them because this is not going to be good for you long term. Look at, look at Dubai Housewives. Yeah. I was asked to be on Beverly Hills. I tried out for Beverly Hills. I remember. I, you know, there was nothing here. And we nothing. were rooting for that, right? It was like, okay, like, I, let's I'm get Beverly Hills. And, you know, there was no, no housewives in Dubai. It's never been done. And, that, you know, I moved here and I'm like, oh, and suddenly here we are. I'm not going to Beverly right. Hills, but what's here? I mean, you can't make that up because I wanted to go back, but I didn't know how. Well, it was, I, well, I remember because you were really torn. It was like, but the kids, right? Like my yeah. life is here. And so the universe didn't want to uproot that and separate you or have them be transient. It would have been awful. And who knows how it would have been for Sergio? Like, Right. Like it just, it couldn't have happened because it wouldn't but, you have know, served you. Sometimes it's in certain things, you know, I used to visualize a glass house, this young, hot husband, not as young as, not as young as Sergio, obviously. And, um, but he's fabulous. That, yeah, fabulous. And, but I thought that was in LA, but I've got the glass house and the fabulous husband and on, on the water. I always wanted to be on water. Yeah. And I'm in Dubai, you know, so I, everything kind of I've ever wished for is slowly, slowly coming true. And, you know, you can't ask more than that. And I think that, you know, just looking at other girls' successes and knowing that it's possible, even if these things don't come to you and they go to somebody else, you need to understand that, you know, look, it's achievable, it's doable. And to always just keep, no matter when, when one door closes for me or I get kicked, I get back up and I open another one. And I think that's, but that is, that is the mental endurance and resilience that you have. I think that it is available for some people and they could say, oh, well, I've been conditioned to not really believe in myself. I'm sure you were too. I mean, my God, your private school experience, like the boarding school, all of that. Like there have been plenty of voices telling you, you're not good at this. You shouldn't be doing this. It's not going to happen. So how do you deal with this resistance that pops up? Because if you look at your social and stuff, I mean, you are fabulous. And I think people radiate towards you. So you have a huge group of friends, but there have to be some friendships or at least maybe in your past where people have come in and they've actually been kind of like cloaked resistance as somebody who maybe isn't totally rooting for you to get all the stuff. So how have you dealt with that? Have you been able to kind of snuff those people out right away and remove them or... No. I, I now can sniff it out a bit more, but I also now need a lot less friends. I think before I needed validation from a lot of different people. I think with boarding school, you know, you're in a very unnatural surrounding where you've got two or 300 girls who are, or, or girls and boys, who are judging you from the moment you wake up, which you can never stop. You know, from the moment you go to breakfast, we, they used to scream out five, three, you know, 
Um, oh my God, are you kidding me? No. So you're so used to this sort of, I can't really explain it. It's like you're you're constantly thinking, am I good enough? Or am I with the core girls? Or can I, you know, can I sit at this table? Because you're very alone at boarding school. You know, it's like, oh it's God. not, I, I never went to school with my brothers and sisters. So, you know, you don't have friends there as such. And I, did, I found it, I really struggled. And I just kept myself to myself there. And then I made good friends, but, you know, friendships at school and that age, you know, they're up and down like yeah. yo-yo. Everything's so serious. Everything's so difficult. You know, everything's such drama. So I think that that's made me very good at sort of not really giving a shit what people think because I always had it. Um, yeah. And then I think that, you know, now I just care a lot less. I think in your 40s, the biggest or the most amazing part of your 40s is just genuinely peace that you've got because you've got nothing to prove to anyone else. You know, I'm in a very, very, very sort of zen part of my life. I'm almost asleep. I'm so relaxed because I think I've been on so on edge for such a long time thinking, what the fuck am I going to do? You know, who gets... I I chose to get divorced whilst being sued. I mean, you can't even put two things together. But I was like, you know, I'm not going to do my ex-husband a disservice and stay there because I can't, you know, because I'm in the middle of a law case. That's not fair to him or me. So I think that I just got to a very, very peaceful place. And I don't care if if people go, then then let me hold the door for you. And I think you can. I think that you can feel it. Even, you know, I've been at dinner with some girlfriends before and I'll be telling them exciting things going on. And you're not bragging. You're just sharing your life. And you can see them kind of, you can feel it in their eyes. I feel like you can really see their soul. They're either like leaning in and they are just like genuinely like, oh my God, this is amazing. Or they're like, oh, that's great. You know, and you're just like, okay, like I see you. And it doesn't mean we can't hang, but I know who I'm dealing with. Like maybe you aren't. You know, I, you're having a new lease of life. You know, most women, at you, you know, our age, your age, um, it's kind of ending as in like the kids and now what your you know your books are coming you're on tv as well you're going to do your yeah. you know speeches and your tours and things like this and which what we were going to do yeah. hopefully we one day someday uh-huh. someday it's going to be great yeah, we'll get there. um but you know that's really exciting and to be honest none of this journey could cu- have happened for you earlier so where you know you have to have the wisdom and you have to have the experience that you do. So your girlfriends, where they're winding down, you're just getting started, which is like, you know, annoying for people. I think it is. And I think too, like when we go back to like Blessings in Disguise, this tour that we were supposed to start, it was like, God, we were like a month from doing the New York date. I think it was like March 31st, we were supposed to do it 2020. And when that got canceled, I mean, it was like, oh, fuck. I really thought like, I was just looking forward to having lots of fun with you and Kat. I thought like, this is going to be, I just want to hang with these chicks because they just seem like down ass chicks and like, we're going to get along and we're going to be buddies. And so it was really disappointing. And then the lockdown and then my book came out and my husband got hurt. So I had to cancel my book tour. And I was just, I really, it would have been easy to fall into like, oh, fuck my life. What is, why is this happening? But everything, you know, it. I wasn't ready then. Like I wasn't ready to go on NBC and talk. I wasn't ready all of these things would have been premature. And I would I would have been up on stage half faking it with you. Like the years of experience now, you it's live better. A hundred percent. And you live the way I do. You know, we did a podcast on seek divorce. You yeah. know, nobody talks about this stuff without getting embarrassed. Or, you know, you have like, especially from your point of view, because you're still married 
and yeah. you've got all your friends that are going to listen to this. So, right. you know, to talk about intimacy and things that are either right or wrong in your relationship, that takes balls. And most people are too busy hiding the, the truth right. from themselves and everybody else. And so opening up is an important. And I feel like as soon as you open up about everything, good stuff happens. That, I mean, if you're going to take anything from this episode, that's it. I feel like it is this authenticity. I think you and I have both caught a case of the fuckets where yeah. it's like, we don't really care. I'll say whatever. And I've got clients who are, you know, doctors or lawyers and they're like, I wish I could speak out and say certain things on shows or whatever, or write things. We don't care. Like, I'll fucking say it. I'll say whatever. And as long as it isn't meant to hurt anybody else, or out of malice, it's really just it's us. About your relationship. It's about your right. relationship. If I told you that Sergio and I were swingers, that's up to me. Nobody else. Right. Like, we're not. But if, if right. I want to be, that's my choice. And if I want to sing it from the, the, the rooftops, I will. And I say, when you get to that judgment where I can open my mouth in any dinner party and say whatever I want about my relationship, yeah. it's so freeing. And I think that goes with my entire life. I don't care if I embarrass my husband because not much embarrasses him, to be honest. And I love it. You, you posted something the other day. It was funny. You guys were on a fabulous like Emirates flight or something. And it was like him, like a puppy dog, kind of like looking into yes. your little pod. And yes. you just like closely shut. Because I'm like that. Too. My husband's, you know, love language is, is physical touch. And, and I'm just like, you know, I need six feet of That's separation. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And um, but I love that you put that out there because people won't do that because then they'll, they'll read into it and be like, oh, there's trouble or oh, if they're not this. And it's like when you don't care because you feel rock solid, it's like you can do whatever you want. I'm just going to put it out here and then give other people permission to own their feelings, too, and feel seen of like, I don't have to be snuggled up next to my husband 24 hours a day just so, so other people will think we'll we're a certain better. way. Yeah. It's yeah. unrealistic, all those ridiculous. I know. My husband has just walked into the room naked. <laughs> Why does that not surprise me at he's all? Um, does. He's dancing behind the camera, nude. I'm just listening. I love you, Sergio. Listen, if I was that fit, I would be walking around naked all of the time as well. This dude has like 0% body fat. Um, and and yeah. ladies, if you're listening to me, best decision of my life. I mean, that, that's the thing too, though. Like, I feel like you have, you've been in these really crossroad moments of your life so many times, maybe more than like anybody else who's at least a public person and you just keep betting on yourselves and you keep betting on your soul and saying like, okay, what does my soul want? And honoring her, honoring, maybe it's the, the little girl who was in, you know, boarding school, who was told to be quiet or conform or do these things. And now she is back with a vengeance and she's loud. Yeah. And I think all we have to do as women is listen to her, right? Men this too. Like, yes, if you can do that unapologetically. Yeah, you know who deep down you are. I never, I never did anything for money, really. I can't, it's like, it's like, you know, if you're on Instagram and you do what I do, I can't even sell things I hate. So I, I feel it's kind of like that. And life is like that. If you, you know, you've got to be authentic about it. Well, you can't do it. So, you know, the fact is I would never be happy with an older man and who's divorced with other kids. You know, I just, right. I, I know that's not me. I'm not the, you know, I, my family's enough. So yeah. I, I'm honest with myself. Um, you know, yeah. I, I know that I wouldn't be a good, you know, solid sort of financier's wife where I had to go to business dinners and sort of, oh. you know, chip in and, 
and do all this and sort of live in his house and put my one photo photo down. I just couldn't do it. And no. and I, you know, he he I got girlfriends of mine who've disabled their Instagram because the husband doesn't like it or they they're not allowed to do, you know, ask permission for things. It's just crazy. I just I'd rather just the I love the hustle anyway, because I think that's what keeps me young. You keep saying I yeah. look great. Yes. It's probably well, you look great too. No, it's and like it- you'd be to deal with the devil or something. You look so incredible. I know. I, I was going to say like, what's the one treatment you're doing? And I'm in Orange County. I mean, I have access to this shit, but I'm a wuss. I haven't even done Botox. I know no, I need to do that. No, like you- I, you're going to have to like DM me like the, the one thing to do. But I do want to ask you before we wrap here, what is the big dream? And this can be for you. It can be a combined big dream that you and Sergio have, but I know that Divorce Not Dead is probably going to transition at some point because I do feel like the divorced energy around you is like, I don't know if that's an energy to be maintained because you're so far past that. Like the divorce piece. Also, doesn't... I just, I just re, I'm rebranding right now. I what... saw your tweet. Yes. Yeah. But I, I want it to be like, yeah, like it's the fabulous insideness of you. Like yeah. it, it really is that like the energy. Feel like it just puts me in this sort of one category. Yeah. And I'm now, as you said, moved on from that. The big dream is really, I think, you know, I don't really wish for anything that I that I don't have. I like I'm in my dream home with my dream man. So like I think everything else is easy. And I think once you get to that sort of comfort, I just, you know, all I'm trying to achieve now is a nice life for me and my kids going forward. And, you know, and him obviously. We, you know, I love working with him. We're building um, in Bali together. So we just, well, fingers crossed, you know, hopefully the land's good. Um, but, you know, we're, we're our dream homes and that's it. We're, I've become sort of quite insular, I suppose. And I think when you keep your circle tight and your sort of life on track and don't lose track of your vision, you can have everything. I agree. I love that you said that. And I, somebody asked me the other day too, like, what's the goal? And I said, I don't have any goals anymore because to to really kind of list out a goal could be shortchanging the universe. Like, who am I to think I know better than what my soul or this other dimension has planned for me? And if I start really attaching myself to these things, like your vision board is great, but you're probably also good crossing the shit out that actually isn't a isn't a fit anymore. I think when well, we I limit agree. it, I think you know when I was younger, I had on there, you know, I wanted to be a gazillionaire. And now that's not as important to me because I'm like, I watch the gazillionaires I know. And honestly, the stress levels of their day-to-day life and the right. things that they have to go to, in principle, it looks amazing. But actually, is it? You're trapped and you're trapped for a very long time. And I have to look back at what I went through with Gift Library on a very small you know, scale. But now I think we have 70-something employees, but that would have only got bigger. And actually... Yeah. You know, the thing that was the hardest was losing that. And actually, I think it was probably the greatest fucking gift I was given because I would never have been able to get out of it. That's the thing. These people, these billionaires or these like uber, uber, uber wealthy, they they do have all these obligations. It's absolutely a cage. And a girlfriend of mine is married to a multi-billionaire. And I said, how is so-and-so? We'll call him Jack. How's Jack doing? And she goes, oh, he's stressed. He just fell a notch on like the billionaire's list like of the country that they're in. So he needs to, he wants to hurry up and find a hundred million so that he can get back to like the number one spot. And I was like, and this dude's losing sleep over this. And I was like, wow. Like you just then live in the fear of losing it. Like the more you get, then you're just trapped in this fear of like, oh my God, what if I lose this? Nothing gives you pleasure anymore. Like no. I see girl, uh, girlfriends that live like that. 
you know, and I don't know, I get such excitement when I buy like a top or something, you know, it yeah. doesn't matter what, or, you know, book something that I paid for. And yes. then, you know, they, they don't get that. They don't get any, it's like flung behind them next and you don't get any, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I thought that I wanted all that. Now I don't think I do. I don't think I wouldn't be married to Sergio. I wouldn't be in where I am now because Sergio, um, you know, all he wants is the life with me. And that wouldn't be enough for somebody that wanted all those things. So, you know, and you have to understand and you have to make choices. And the choices are that, you know, do you want the man that's beside you or do you want the man that you get scheduled with, you know, and it's, it's a different type of life. Well, I adore you. I adore your relationship with Sergio. I adore watching all of this beautiful unfolding for you. I will see you in Bali. You go ahead. You lock up that property. I will be there. We'll do a fabulous retreat or something like we always talked about. Um, but just know that I think there are a lot of people, whether they're here or in their spiritual realm, paved way and rooting you on. So I feel like you guys are unstoppable. And I think that you've given women a lot of peace today by hearing this journey that I don't feel like gets enough airspace, which is this background and this current kind of like in it business entrepreneurial mindset and this embracing of things are constantly changing. And once we can enjoy the ride, that's when we can really have the peace. Thank you for having me. It's been really so easy. Yeah. 